And thank you for your interest in the WTIP Boundary Waters podcast. Support for this podcast comes from Stone Harbor Wilderness Supply, located in downtown Grand Marais. My name is Jack Stone. I'm the owner of Stone Harbor Wilderness Supply. With year-round gear and clothing for purchase and rental, and seasonal guided adventures such as kayaking, canoeing, fly fishing, stand-up paddleboarding in the summer. In the wintertime, we do ice fishing, cross-country and backcountry skiing, snowshoeing. We're located in downtown Grand Marais, turn south towards the lake at the only stoplight in Cook County. Go down one block, you'll see us on the left-hand side next to the Cook County Co-op. Visit us at www.stoneharborws.com or at facebook.com backslash stoneharbor. This is the WTIP Boundary Waters Podcast. This is the wilderness that Dave and I were both introduced to as kids. You know, our first wilderness camping experiences were in the Boundary Waters. And in summer, you wake up, you swim through the lake, you have breakfast, then you can relax, you can go paddling, you can go hiking. We've done this trip before to Horseshoe Lake, and I remember catching walleye there before. I went on a canoe trip in the Boundary Waters, and it's, it was really cool. It was my first time. The route from Ram Lake back to Poplar Lake with, with no packs, with, with only a day pack, uh, we take it in one day. Well, you can look to Venus, you can look to Mars. I will set my sights by the northern star and in the deep dark blue. Come the northern lights Oh, and in the deep dark blue Come the northern lights Welcome to the WTIP Boundary Waters Podcast. I'm Joe Fredericks here in Grand Marais, Minnesota with Matthew Baxley. Co-host Matthew Baxley. How are you doing, man? I'm just pumped (laughs) to be doing this podcast. Yeah, so... Here's what's happening with this podcast. We at WTIP and, and you and I, as uh, just people who enjoy recreating in the Boundary Waters, up the Gunflint Trail and, and throughout the Boundary Waters region, uh, we, we decided that there's so many amazing stories that, that take place in there and that um, we wanted a, a means to capture some of that. But you know, before we even get into that far, uh, I just want to let you know that this podcast is going to start out, we're, we're going to be doing it monthly. And you're going to be able to hear some of it on the airwaves at WTIP, which is the radio station in Grand Marais, Minnesota here. So 90.7 WTIP, we're going to do a lot of our sound production here, editing for this podcast right here at the WTIP station. But the podcast itself is going to be a little bit different than what you hear just all the time on WTIP. You won't usually hear the whole podcast. Uh, what the idea was and why we said we need to get something that's a little more remote that people can take with them or while they're driving up to the trip up the boundary waters, something kind of, you know, you could have on your phone. I mean, a podcast for something you can download, you download this podcast. So then you take it into an area where you might not have internet connection, where you can't get a radio signal place like the Boundary Waters, for example. <laughs> so that's kind of where this all came from. It's It's been something we've been talking about doing for a while, and now it's a it's a reality. And um, I don't know. It's what do you finally think? happening. It, it's, it's really on. It's happening right now as we're talking. And what do you think about, I mean, what is it we wanted to do here, Matthew? Like get some, get stories and, and share them? I mean, what, well, that, though, I huh? mean, I think it's part of the nature of 
the wilderness and the trips that people take in the wilderness to share their story. You know, when you come home from a trip, the first thing you want to do is tell the story of your adventure. And, you know, that may mean your family, some friends, but this has the reach so that people can share their stories to the huge audience of people that really love the Boundary Waters in this place and are probably going to be fueled by other people's stories to get out on their own next adventure. So that can be, you know, a story of the hardship you overcame or that giant fish that you caught or lost. Um, <laughs> lost in my case is usually how it goes. Usually. <laughs> or, or like the amazing waterfall you discovered or that five-star campsite. You know, all those stories, this is where they get to be shared on national scale or as you'll hear today from our guests maybe an international yeah platform yeah absolutely and so the idea is with the podcast is that it's we want to hear your stories so exactly if you uh have a story or, or you do a trip into the boundary waters and you know about this podcast email us contact us tell us your story be a part of the podcast this is we want it to be interactive we want to hear the stories and then share them and how you can do that is you can send an email to BWCA podcast at gmail.com. Uh, we also have a, a link to the podcast on the WTIP website. So many different ways to, to find us here, to get us your stories. Uh, even just call the radio station here and ask for Joe. But uh, BWCA podcast at gmail.com. That's the surefire way that we're going to see your story and then we'll contact you. You know, we may interview you, be part of the podcast. Yeah, Joe, I just want to remind everybody, you know, though we are based out of Grand Marais, the Boundary Waters is a 1.9 million acre wilderness. And that includes so many different communities. And we're not just looking for people's stories that are coming through our community, but all of those that are naturally connected to this wilderness and beyond. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, the the other part of it, too, in addition to people's stories about trips and, and going in, is that uh, we wanted to serve this the podcast to be a venue to highlight some of the gear that people use on trips. So we're going to be talking with canoe outfitters. Uh, we're going to be talking with people who make the loop packs, people who make the gear that you take on a trip. We're going to be interviewing these manufacturers, these people who actually are, are work for these companies and fishing gear, highlighting the most recent stuff, whatever people, whatever the latest and greatest is, we're going to talk with them. We're going to talk old school stuff about gear. We're going to talk about events where there's gear sold and, and things you need to have on your radar. If you're into the you know, canoeing scene, recreating in the Boundary Waters, hiking, the Border Route Trail, any of this stuff, mm-hmm. all going to be part of the podcast. So two parts to eat each episode, basically. We want something that will satisfy that inner gear junkie that just is wants to use the latest and greatest. Yeah. And so I think it's going to be a nice platform. First part, story. Somebody's sharing their story or it's live in the field, you know, where we, we take some recording equipment into the Boundary Waters. That's going to be part of it. On the scene. Yeah, and then also talking about gear. So two parts to each episode is kind of the idea of the WTIP Boundary Waters podcast. Let's dive right into this. Let's, let's start. So who are, who are we hearing from today? Whose story is being told? So the story that uh, we wanted to start with for episode one here on the WTIP Boundary Waters podcast, this couple from Germany, Matthew. About five years ago, I was working up the Gunflint Trail, a place called Rockwood Lodge. It's on Poplar Lake, mid-Gunflint Trail. Right on, There's three entry points off Poplar Lake, You know, just a, a great spot to 
get your feet into the boundary waters. So I'm working up there doing some, you know, freelance journalism around the community, but working there as a canoe outfitter this summer. My first summer there, I, I'm still new to the scene. It's early in the season, like June. And uh, a group had come in, stayed in the bunk room and said, we want to get started at six o'clock. You know, you meet us down here early. We want to be on the water at six o'clock is what they said. It's bright and early, pre-sunset setting yeah, but, here. Yeah, but I was amped. You know, it was fine. It was, I was, like I said, so new. It was like, yeah, that sounds great, guys. We'll get you out of here by six. <laughs> So I get up at five or something and I go walking over to the canoe outfitting post, got the keys and I'm, you know, walking through. It's still pretty much dark outside. And at that canoe outfitting post, I hear something splashing in the water right there. The the cabin, the outfitting post is right there on the shore of Poplar Lake, a stone's throw. And, uh, I hear this big splashing in the water as I'm going over. I bet the you're thinking, is there a moose out there? That's exactly what I thought because I, you know, I'd seen some moose and, on the lake and around the property recently. And I just kind of, you know, was like, Oh wow. I got excited about this big animal that's over there splashing in the water. So I kind of go walking up to the shoreline and then I, I notice uh, somebody start, you know, I'm hearing voices and uh, <laughs> these people go, I'm like, Oh, it's this couple. It's these people from Germany, this couple who I had met the night before too, but only briefly, mostly just said hello. I said, oh, hi, yeah, I thought, uh, yeah, I guess it's you guys over here swimming. I'm sorry, I apologize. And no, 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 you know, they said to me, it's fine. Hello, Joe. And I said, yeah, well, gosh, I thought maybe you'd have been over here skinny dipping or, you know, or I thought maybe you might have been naked. Sorry. And then there's a kind of an awkward pause, you know, for like a second. And then all of a sudden I hear, well, we can be if you like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I got to, you know, get to work or, you know, how do you respond to that? And uh, just one of those moments. I mean, a life moment, you know, that I'll never forget. You'd never forget that. Yeah. And uh, so is it cross-cultural even? It, it's just the, yeah, it's the, the Germans were there, you know, doing their thing, uh, getting ready for their trip. Which So that was that was your first memorable moment with these guys. And, and, and now we're fast forwarding to... The winter of 2017-18. Yeah, so... And you're back with them again. Yeah, so they come twice a year. They usually come and do a a couple weeks in the summer, a big canoe trip, and they cover miles. I mean, these people did not fool around, you know? That was one thing that really stood out to me about them. They do fully outfitted, but they just cruise. And then they come in the winter, and they do a two-week ski trip. And they're just all about the boundary waters, and that was something that stood out to me. So I found out they were coming back this this past winter, 2017-18, and I wanted to go up the Gunflint Trail and, and sit down and talk with them and hear their story about why they come to the Boundary Waters. So I did. I bombed it up the Gunflint Trail, and it was a wintry day. I mean, I think it was like 15 below. So I get up to they're at Golden Eagle Lodge, staying there on Flower Lake, um, and I pull in, and it's you know so cold, and they're at this really nice cabin right on the lake there and they've got some bird seed out there's a blue jay there and i'm just like well this has got to be the place you know knock on the door and uh there's just a fire going inside and the wood stove and they invite me right in and let's pick it up there let's do it so we're here today at golden eagle lodge and talking with Gabby Wirth and Warner Bonner Wirth. They're from Germany. Hello to both of you. Hello, Hello Joe. So uh, let's talk a little bit first about uh, you mentioned you're from Germany. Tell us a little bit about um, where you live, what town in Germany, and uh, what are your professions there? 
We live in Freiburg, that's a town in the Black Forest in the south of Germany. It's a city with a big university. We have, I think, 40,000 students at the university. And we are both physicians. Okay. I'm specialized in gynecology and obstetrics. And I'm specialized in anesthesiology, but I'm doing only outpatient uh, anesthesiology. I drive with my car from office to office doing the anesthesia and after uh, the patients are wake, uh, <laughs> fit, fit again, they go and I go also. Okay. And uh, so this town uh, where you live in, in Germany, is there much outdoor recreation or, or you know, um, hiking, biking, canoeing, this kind of thing? Yes, you can do everything. The Black Forest is perfect. You can hiking, biking, you can do cross-country skiing, but we have so many people around the tracks. So it's awful. You have a hundred in front of you, <laughs> you have a thousand behind you. So. Uh-huh. So a lot of people uh, yes. enjoy outdoor recreation yep. yeah. there. We have to drive by car 20 minutes to the parking lot of our cross-country area. There you can go one loop about 20 kilometers and the other loop is uh, 20, 22 kilometers. And often there are up to 300, 400 cars. Wow. Parking on the lot. Okay. And, and so is that um, perhaps one more reason why you like to come to the Boundary Waters? And I'll, and I'll get to why you come here in just a moment. But before that, I want to kind of uh, let everybody know uh, just a little more about you, if, if I can ask how old you are, just so they can uh, understand who we're talking with a little more. We are both 66. Okay. And you've been coming now to the Boundary Waters and the Gunflint Trail for how long? When did you first come here? We come the first time we come in is first of January nineteen hundred ninety seven. Okay, and and how did you find out about it? Oh, that's a that's long story. <laughs> that's a long or short story. So just to quick summarize that long story into a short story, Warner and Gabby find a cross country skiing magazine in a Barnes and Noble in San Francisco. They decide this would be their next vacation experience in the United States. At that time, with no internet at home, the only lodge they could contact was Golden Eagle on Flower Lake. So they choose Minnesota, knowing nothing about the area. Never heard anything about Minnesota. And then we've seen uh, the movie Fargo from oh, the Coen sure. Brothers. Uh -huh. And he said, we have to go to this yeah. movie and see what <laughs> part yeah. of the world we are going. Yes, yeah. interesting. And, and so then you uh, came that was in 1996 and you came in 1997 was your first trip yeah so you fly from Germany to uh, Chicago to Duluth and rent a car in Duluth and we drove up immediately we I think we arrive Duluth at 3 o'clock in the afternoon and then we drove up here we saw no snow on the northern shore was horrible. <laughs> then we drove up here. It was and I asked him the whole time, do we need anything to eat or to drink? He said, it's a lodge. We oh. will have a restaurant yeah. and a spa and everything. <laughs> and we have housekeeping. <laughs> uh -huh. And then we come up here 
dark it was dark in the night we received the key go into that cabin cabin two and yeah the next morning no it was bitterly cold because we are not familiar with the stove and the, the wood stove with yeah. the wood stove and most time the the alarm was beeping beep 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 <laughs> and in the morning Gabi and outside less less snow so Gabi decide in the next morning we fly back but at this time it was not so easy <laughs> because you have had no internet so we drove to Grand Marais had breakfast bought some stuff pizza something to drink uh -huh. went back and I was crying and said, I want to go home. Oh no. I can't it stand one night longer. Yeah. It's too cold. <laughs> and in the night it was snowing and snowing and snowing. And in the next morning we have had how much? One? A feet. One foot of snow. snow yeah. Wow. And it was perfect. Uh, and you <laughs> got the fire going maybe? Or yeah, you we that learned out? everything yeah. about the wilderness. <laughs> yeah, it's good. And and for the skis, you uh, do you bring your own yes. your yes. own skis? Yes. So you had brought your own equipment and, yes. and you continued to do that. Yeah. And uh, what then happened then that day? You went ski. When was this? Like around Christmas time or a uh, little after Christmas or something? No, that was January. January. January the first week of January. Mm-hmm. And uh, you went skiing that day and... Uh, and the next day and the next day and the next day. And we loved it. And I said, we will come back next year. Uh-huh. And now have you come back almost every year since that time? Yes. We have, we have left... We have, we, have, we have done two vacations in New, New Zealand and uh, in Australia. There we, there we missed that place. But we are up Normally here since 18, 18 times. Uh -huh. So <laughs> oh, here we are at uh, Golden Eagle, which is near, for people maybe who don't know the area too much, uh, near Flower Lake and, and Clearwater Lake. And uh, do you ski into the Boundary Waters area much on, on your winter trips? One winter, I think 2002, there have been only few snow. And there we decide to ski the lakes. And once we do the whole Clearwater Lake, starting starting at Flower, uh, Flower Lake, Flower Lake then a big loop back where we saw a pack of wolves. Yeah. And that was the first time we realized that you have connections between the sea, the lakes. Uh -huh. You have the portages. We never knew about yeah. that. So that's how you discovered the portages was on this, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. doing this loop in the, yeah. this and winter. And that was a moment I said, why don't we come in summer? We can try canoeing. Warner and Gabby decided to take the new experiences even further by adding overnight camping to their canoeing adventures. I was so nervous, I couldn't sleep. <laughs> and what, what made you nervous in the boundary waters? You, you hear the noises of ducks, of the, of the of loons. The loons. Mm -hmm. And you're not sure what it is because you're not feminine. You yeah. are thinking, the bear's coming, taking your stuff away, <laughs> killing <Yeah>. you. <laughs> the whole oh. bear family, the wolves are the coming. The wolves are coming. <laughs> when, it's, when it's cold outside and you hear some, some noise outside, you think, now the wolf 
is coming and eat you because <laughs> it's you the, the wolf know that you are a victim <laughs> yeah so you're lying in the tent thinking all this yeah, yeah. and uh, and where did you uh, get equipment or do you bring your own tent for these trips or wh how does that no. work no we the, the first when we, when we stay at the Golden Eagle Lodge we rent the canoe by uh, Dan Bauman yeah, but at for the, the Golden for Eagle the day Lodge trip, but for the, day for the um, bigger trips we've always rent our stuff at Rockwoods Rockwood Lodge all, all the years uh -huh. fully you get like an outfitted trip with a canoe and tent and pack with, with yeah. everything with everything, everything. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. and uh, what did you have for experience in canoes before this 2003 trip had you been had you been in a canoe never, never. Never, never, <laughs> even even nearly no experience in camping outside. Okay. Yeah. And so now you've uh, done these trips now many years. Uh, how many canoe summer trips in the Boundary Waters? Fourteen. We really love it. It's so it's so quiet, and you don't have to think about nothing. Normally during. Uh, our normal life. We have to think about patience, about everything. And here you go out with a, your canoe and you start with paddling, you're sitting, the sun is shining, you have the nature. And you can look around hours for hours. You see no person. You don't have to discuss only what take me for the dinner tonight, <laughs> take me the macaroni or <laughs> dry food. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want to sit at the beach and have sun and uh, cocktails. We like to do. It's on a little bit harder. <laughs> and, and so, do you have now after the, uh, these fourteen trips and some day trips that you've done too, uh, any favorite routes or favorite lakes? I think the best route is starting at Cross River down to. Uh, Cherokee Lake, then to Winchell Lake, up no no to to Brew Lake, mm -hmm. up to Winchell Lake, Gaskin, and then back. back that is up to uh, Poplar. To Poplar. Lake. Yeah, that's uh -huh. a that's a that's a beautiful uh, road because there you have everything. You have rocks. You have uh, cozy water lilies. Water lilies. Mm -hmm. Lots of and. That's nearly the nicest, yeah, nicest route. And have you done that more than once? Or yes. Yeah. Could anybody do that route, or is it you need to maybe work your way up to it? I think you can. You can do it up to your condition. You can do it in shorter or longer time, more days. And, and so, uh, what do you like to do while you're you're in? You mentioned you know relax and look around and, and just kind of take it easy. But you do any fishing at all or? No, fishing is not my favorite. We we have done it once, and I caught another pike, but it was so such a beautiful uh, fish. Uh, so I decided not to do it again. <laughs> the fighting against yeah. the death, and so I we we both really felt felt bad. Uh huh. Uh. Yeah, sure, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> and the dry food, the dry food is so it's so light and it's so tasty that you can uh, it's it's enough to eat. 
Yeah, and in the last years, we take the dry food of the trail center. Yeah, camp chow. Camp chow. It's really, yeah. really good. So then, uh, how about ice fishing? You ever, you ever try that out before, Warner? No. <laughs> ice I fishing? couldn't believe that someone is sitting on that frozen lake oh, for yeah, fishing. You yes. Drill the hole. Yeah. Never before? No. no. I think I think ice fishing is a good reason to drink. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of people agree with you on that, yes. <laughs> after returning year after year, Gabby and Warner have developed their own relationships with the people throughout the community. Even more valuable to each of them is the wilderness way of life. Very structured living up here. You, s you sleep, you stand up, have breakfast, read two hours in a book and then you go out for three to two, two to three hours cross-country skiing come back go into the sauna have dinner go sleep and that every day and in summer you wake up you swim through the lake you have breakfast then you can relax you can go paddling you can go hiking and the second is that here are only few people not so much like at home this is the place we want to come back always so it's I think it's important all the people here everybody knows the other one and everybody cares about the other one so in, uh, in this holiday when we went back from Ely when we drove with the car to Ely and went uh, the back with the ca uh, the way back with the canoe the 10 days and our car was still at Ely and we flew back so we needed a car here the last three days and Lynn from Rockwood said you can take my car and we drove with the car to Grand Marais to the Roundy and when we came back she said oh the phone is ringing the whole time Lynn your car's on the way in there yeah. <laughs> strange <laughs> people do yeah. you know what happened with your car <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh that's funny and so you've traveled, uh, you know, not just the United States, you've traveled many countries in the world and, and uh, you've seen many places. Have you ever seen this type of landscape with the lakes and the portaging where you can go from lake to lake, uh, you know, carrying a canoe or ski where the lakes are connected by these portages? Is that something you've seen anywhere else in the world? We haven't, we haven't seen it. We know it, that it's possible in Europe near the Polish uh, border and it's possible also in Sweden but I know that the difference between those places and the boundary waters is that the portages they have are portages where you carry a little trailer behind you and pull yeah, motorized or mechanized yeah, portage yeah. Uh -huh. And I think that that way here in the Boundary Waters, that's better. Yeah. So when you go back home uh, to Germany um, to friends or family, what do you tell them about Minnesota and the Gunflint Trail and the Boundary Waters? What all have you told people in Germany about this place? That's not so easy because if someone wasn't here, you can't explain really what you feel here, what you see here. When I tell them it's, we have a little cabin and there's a lake, they say, yeah, 
you can have a cabin in a lake wherever yeah. you want in Europe. Why do you fly such a long way? And but um, we have our best friends. They have two children, a, a boy and a girl. And these two children, they grew up with all our stories, with the um, pictures of the mooses and of the birds and the fish and, and, and everything. And when they've been 19 and 17, they said, we want to come with you. We want to see you. And they came with us for two weeks and the weather was not good in this time. It was a little rainy and cold. But after three days, the girl said, I can't understand what you love here. It's so beautiful. Uh -huh. <laughs> and they always are dreaming about these holidays. Yeah, so they came with you on it and did a trip, yeah. in a canoe trip. We yeah. stayed one week at the Golden Eagle and then one week outside. Uh huh. And when was that, uh, what year? Do you know when that was? I think five 13. years, five years ago. Uh huh. 2013, maybe. Yeah, okay. in, around in there, 2013, and, and have they, uh, this, these two younger people, have they been telling their friends or would they like to come back sometime, they say? I think they would like, but they are at the university and they have no time and they have friends all over the world. Sure. So. Yeah, well, maybe someday they could come back, uh, but maybe they'll spread the word around Europe or <laughs> Germany that uh, the Boundary Waters is a place to go, to go visit. Yeah. And um, so now, just lastly, uh, if you have any memories uh, of your trips in the winter or the summer in the Boundary Waters, some stories that uh, your, it's your favorite memory of something. Um, I know you showed me a picture of a bull moose that he would not get out of the way and you needed to get there. Um, any, any of those types of stories that you, just, that you tell people when you're in a pub in Germany or something about it? Yeah, that, the story with this big, big moose, one of the story, because you're always waiting for the moose. And then you come to the portage from one lake to the other, and you see at the end of the lake, this big moose. And so we decided to let all the luggage at the portage, and we canoed very slowly and very quiet near to the moose, and the moose was standing, and just didn't care about us so after a while we went back took our luggage and the moose, moose wasn't at the same place and when we came to the small portage we had to go through the moose was there so we didn't know what would happen if we go out of the canoe bring the canoe around <laughs> the moose so we waited uh -huh. and we took pictures and pictures it was half an hour and then we said moose moose go away go away come again some other day the moose was standing we took the paddle and throw it again the canoe and it was so much noise and the moose was <laughs> just kept eating didn't yeah. mind you at all huh? i said what shall we do it's five o'clock if we don't come to the campground we have to stay the whole night <laughs> and then some suddenly it moved away and we have only the <laughs> yeah. <Yeah>. remember <coughs> or a different story when we go out to the boundary waters a couple was going out with satellite telephone and <laughs> everything and they are going out also uh, from I think Bauertrout Lake to Brühl and after two days the lady phoned 
Rockwoods catch us up at the Blue Lake. We are finished. That's too hard. <laughs> ah. <laughs> and yeah, Mike, Mike, uh, tell us that sometimes he is asked if it's possible to build up a real kitchen outside in the boundary waters. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, do you think moving forward now in 2018 and, and beyond that, that you'll continue to come every year or twice a year to the boundary waters? Yeah. This we year. decided this <coughs> year that we will come back in in summer, when uh, we but we decided to come in July for for two weeks. Okay, so and we don't do want to miss it. Yeah, and you'll do a, a canoe trip in July or stay some yeah, at the cabin and like we always one week at the Golden Eagle for relaxing and can f come familiar to the canoe again. Yeah, and then one week. In the boundary waters. Yes, yeah. and uh, so then uh, just my last uh, thought here was, uh, you know, I've talked to a number of people uh, around town and, and said I was coming up to Golden Eagle to talk with you today, and uh, uh, most of the people said, "Oh, sure, we know them." Uh, Sean Parrish, he's the uh, publisher of the magazine Northern yeah. Wilds, says, "Oh, sure, yeah, knows yeah. you, and uh, you know, the people at Trail Center know you, and the radio station people say, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, that's the couple from Germany." So you're becoming uh, maybe celebrities uh, of the Gunflint Trail. Did you ever expect that on that first trip? Uh? Yeah, the no. crazy thing, no. But <coughs> during this our... This story with the Northern Wild, you know, with us on the uh, title build? On the front page. The cover? Yeah. yeah. You uh -huh. noticed that? <coughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Everyone knows you. Okay. <laughs> Uh, even 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 uh, when we when we are doing our trip from Ely to Poplar Lake, we often often the people uh, ask us, "Ah, are you the crazy people from Germany?" <laughs> because uh, when you when you come nearer to Poplar Lake, they they have heard of you uh, that we are coming yeah. back. The legend grows. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, we uh, really appreciate uh, talking with you here on this podcast for Boundary Waters Podcast and uh, look forward to hearing about more trips in, in the future. And uh, great to talk with you. We've been talking with Gabby Wirth and Warner Bonner Wirth. They're from Freiburg, Germany, visiting the Boundary Waters a couple times a year in the winter and in the summer. So thank you so much for your time and your stories. Thank you, Joe. You're listening to the WTIP Boundary Waters Podcast. That last interview was conducted by our host, Joe Fredericks, and I'm Matthew Baxley. It was really great, Joe, to hear just that total storytelling vibe. I could just picture the whole thing. Yeah, they're they're an amazing uh, couple, two great, great people. They come, you know, and do these trips, and they... They can't get seem to get enough, you know. That's what I find perhaps most compelling about their stories that they keep coming back. They spend a month here every year between their two trips, and they could go. You know, they said they're both physicians. They could go anywhere in the world. They come here twice a year, two weeks. Great, great stories, great stuff. Well, I have a feeling that a lot of the people listening can relate to that feeling, and uh, and now up we got some. A whole nother type of story. Why don't you tell us about uh, this next one? Well, so as we mentioned at the top of the show here at the top of the podcast that um, we're going to talk about 
people's stories. And then part two is going to be gear and, and things you use while you're in the boundary waters, either canoeing, fishing, hiking, whatever it is you're doing while you're in the boundary waters. And there's this event coming up in Madison, Wisconsin in March 2018. And uh, I was able to speak with the guy who, who really puts this together. He's kind of the founder of this whole thing called Canoecopia. And to be honest with you, Matthew, I mean, he, he was great to talk to you and it got me pumped to go and we'll hear why because he lays it out what it is and it sounds really interesting. But I've never been to an event like this, a huge outdoor gear event like this. And, and I I don't know, have you ever been to something like this? Or? Oh yeah, Joe. I, I mean, I am such a sucker for these outdoor expos and I think there's a lot of, re- for one, they have something for everyone. And to me, it's it's a very festive, almost festival-like atmosphere. So you get to be around all these like-minded, passionate people that, um, you know, they're all there to check out this gear uh, because they want to get out and use it. So they're all people like myself. And so there's usually amazing conversations. There's usually amazing speakers who are telling their tales or um, a lot of companies bring their gear for for us to demo so you can try out boats different canoes usually there's tents set up you can crawl inside so i I have to admit that some of my favorite gear i discovered from putting my hands on it at these expos yeah all right what about like the size the volume of these events i mean is it a, you know I'm, we live in a small town here in grand Maria. is it can i would i be overwhelmed if i went to something like this well i think you have to uh to know your your limits uh but you can kind of go you, you have the I feel like you have the choice to go where the people are or where the people aren't and uh, you know if, in that way I still think there's a little something for everybody yeah all right cool well let's uh let's hear this conversation I had with the guy who uh, puts on this huge event out in Wisconsin a big canoe event an event called canoe copia is taking place March 9th through the 11th in Madison Wisconsin it's essentially the place to be if you're interested in paddle sports and more than 250,000 square feet of kayaks, canoes, stand-up paddle boards, and outdoor equipment will all be on hand, as well as 140 seminars and clinics. So Canoe Copia is a big deal and has been taking place for a number of years. And joining us now is Darren Bush. He's the owner of Rutabaga Paddle Sports, as well as the event organizer for Canoe Copia in Madison. Hey, Darren, thanks for your time. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, so first of all, let's hear a little bit of background about uh, Canoe Copia and your involvement with it. Uh, it's been around for you know, 15, 20, 30 years. What, what's the background on this? Well, Canoe Copia started um, with the, the old owner at the old shop in an old gas station, and it was in the, the late 70s and early 80s, and it was an event called Meet the Folks That Built the Boats. And basically, uh, the, the old school, like Mike Chikanowski, from Winona and uh, Roy Gwynn from Blue Hole and, um, you know, Joe Pulliam, those guys that all, like, drive up with a rack full of boats, you know, a trailer full of boats. And they'd have a, you know, a little gathering at the shop and um, sell boats. And uh, people got to talk to the person from the factory and the founder in many cases. And that that's really cool, you know. It's cool to meet the, the guy that started it. Mm-hmm. And uh, then they decided to move into... It was the Dane County Forum, which was this really crappy old building that <laughs> that was on the fairgrounds. Yeah. Um, and they had a, a couple speakers would would come. They'd cordon off an area um, with some pipe and drape, and have someone talk about the Boundary Waters or about you know Sylvania or whatever. 
And um, in 1993, uh, they scraped off the the, uh, fairgrounds, thank goodness, and built the Alliance Energy Center, which is this huge complex. It's it's where they have the World Dairy Expo. So Mm -hmm. that's the the weekend that there are more cows than people in Madison. It's (laughs) kind of nuts. Yeah. Um, so we took over the the exposition hall, and that's that's 250,000 square feet, and uh, 10 speaker rooms. So we turned it into what I, I consider uh, an educational event. Okay, and, and so uh, Rutabaga Paddle Sports, which is your the company that you own, is you know you present it, or you're you I mean, there's a direct connection between the two. Is that it? Right? Yeah, it, we basically moved the shop over there for three days. Um, oh. It's it's 100% us. Um, the thing that we do, however, is there's about 250 exhibitors. I'd say 150 of them are our are, are vendors you know, who are selling uh, canoes, kayaks, paddles, camping gear, the whole deal. And then the rest are people that, that are from the, the paddling you know, community, like uh, outfitters from, from your area of the world uh, mm-hmm. who come and present to the people that are attending about you know, their area of the world. Plus, you know, they give talks sometimes um, and talk about, you know, the, the, the different places and the boundary waters to go. And there's a guy, Steve Nelson, who does a talk on the, the pictographs and the boundary waters and how to find them. and Just stuff like that. So it, it's an educational event where people can come and learn about the areas they want to go to. And, you know, we have people from all over the world. You know, there's a guy, people from Baja, people from Croatia that are all talking about their, their place. Yeah, nice. And do you get some of the uh, vendors that come from Minnesota, you know, North Star or Winona Canoes, some of their people come over for this? Oh, yeah. We let the people from Minnesota come for sure. Um, (laughs) Winona's been coming for 40 years, and North Star slash Bell has been coming since they were, I mean, that was in the early 90s, I think, when they started started up. Um, And then Sanborn Canoe comes over from Winona, the, the paddle company. And who else is from Minnesota? A whole bunch of people from Minnesota. <laughs> yeah, nice. And and uh, some attendees, just you know, people that are there just to attend the seminars or, or shop or uh, be involved, are are also coming from Minnesota. Would you say? Oh yeah, both both for sure. We um we I, I I don't I do a census every year. I just walk in the parking lot and count like 400 license plates. <laughs> nice. To take a sample of it. Yeah. And um. About 15 or 16 percent are from Minnesota. Oh, okay, yeah. Well, yeah. So definitely some people coming from Minnesota then to check this out. Oh, yeah. And yeah. when we talk about uh, boundary waters and and what the connection would be to Canoe Copia, do people come, you know, asking specifics on routes or planning a trip, or does it get that involved? Oh yeah, yeah. No, they'll they'll come up and uh, they'll see a talk by someone who knows the boundary waters very well, you know, usually an outfitter or someone who's lived up there their whole lives. And, uh, you know, they'll go to their booth afterwards and say, you know, what, what, uh, tell me more about, uh, Astrid Lake, you know, what's that like over there? And you know, tell me more about, you know, where, what, where, where the best places to paddle in these areas, you know, tell me about the, the eastern, far eastern part, you know, you know, map one and two from Mackenzie. You know, mm-hmm. Canoe Lake and Pine Lake and Hungry Jack and Bearskin, um, and they can get you know all the information they want. Okay, and so then when there's a vendor there that's say selling, uh, I would imagine that if Winona and, and uh, Ted Bell and his company are there, they're selling product as well. You could actually buy a canoe at this event. Yeah, that that's the the 
the philosophy I have is if I create an educational event and teach people, um, they'll want to reward that by giving us their business. And that's what happens is people go into a seminar and learn about how boats are built or, you know, something like that or, you know, different paddling skills, how to, how to choose a kayak. They'll go right over to uh, a kayak manufacturer and say, hey, I just went to this really cool seminar about paddling in the Boundary Waters. Uh, what's your best Boundary Waters boat? And they'll go to two or three different uh, vendors and see what they say. Yeah. Manufacturers will generally. It's really kind of nice. They play nice in the sandbox together. Um, you can say, "Well, what does Nova ha- what does Novacraft have that that would be comparable to this?" And they'll say, "Yeah, go over and look at the the Cronia, or go over and look at you know North Star 17, uh, Northwind 17." I always mm-hmm. get that mixed up. <laughs> sure, Bell. They're, I still call him Bell. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so does everybody else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, it's 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 really cool because everybody kind of gets together and 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 plays and uh, works and just has a good time. Yeah, and what about uh, used gear? Any anything used? Used canoes or just uh, you know used packs or anything? Not much used. Um, the I haven't found a way to do that yet. Mm-hmm. I would love to find out a way to do that. We do have used canoes. Uh, we have a list of them that we have at the shop. People can ask for. That's for sure. Um, but for the most part, it's, it's it's pretty much new stuff, and everything in the hall is on sale. Um, so that you know, not only can you get good stuff, you can save some buck to it. Yeah, and and so I saw uh, maybe a couple of years ago you had a musician actually perform, and it's a name that's familiar to us at WTIP, Jerry Vandeveer. Uh, yeah, Jerry. Performed. Jerry's been coming to the show. I don't know as a as a civilian, I would say, for for you know, fifteen years, twenty years. And then uh, he approached me and said, "What about what about doing a show on you know paddle songs?" And I was like, "I'm all for it. You know, I'm an amateur musician, and I think that music is a really cool way to connect with the outdoors. And you know, Jerry's is a very accomplished songwriter. You know, he's got he's got platinum records. Oh yeah. And uh, he said, "Well, write what you know. You know, so." That's what he wrote, and he's on his third third album of canoe songs, and uh, they're they're just lovely, including the one about Grand Marais. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he we uh, always enjoy when when Jerry stops by WTIP or sends us a track. Or, uh, any any involvement with Jerry is always a good thing, and so he actually comes and is a participant in the show as well as I mean he actually walks around and is interested in the gear. Right, he's a big paddle guy. Yeah, no, he, he actually, we, we have a, a presentation room. We set aside three spot, spots for him to p- come and play. And he has some very, very good uh, musicians because he's from Nashville. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you can't throw a rock without hitting a fantastic musician in, in Nashville. So, you know, his, his violin player, Amberly, and his bass player, whose name just popped out of my head, they're, they're wonderful. Yeah. They're fantastic musicians, and uh, he'll go over and sit in the North Star booth and stand in a canoe and play. Nice. Yeah, it's Ashley. The bass player is Ashley. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. hey, yeah, so, hey, so the event uh, this year then, Canoe Copia, March 9th through the 11th there in Madison, Wisconsin. Uh, any Anything that stands out as new or unique as far as uh, presentations or, or just uh, a new format to, to the event? Um, you know, it changes a little bit every year in terms of, you know, what we do. Um, one of the funnest things we do is aluminum chef. I don't know if you've, you've heard of Iron Chef before, where they get 
people together and they yeah, compete sure. against each other. Uh, we do the same thing, except we use uh, camping stoves and camp equipment. Nice. So <laughs> we have uh, we have a, a James Beard Award-winning uh, chef who is, you know, he camps, but he's not like a super camper. And then we have, you know, Kevin Callens there and Marty Cook and... and um, there's just there's uh let's I can't remember her name um, Mona so Mona does a lot of like her own freeze dried and and dehydrated food mm-hmm. and so she's got her own style and they compete um, Whole Foods uh, and um, Driftless Cafe sponsor it and we put out all this food and they get a secret ingredient and they have to cook and it's it's fun to watch how creative they are. So that's 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 ongoing, and every year there's bragging rights for who's going to win. Uh, we did get uh, Paul Shirky's coming and yeah. talking about uh, his trips, and um, Will Steger's going to come and talk a little bit about paddling, you know, way 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 up way up north. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know we've always got a good a good selection of speakers. Yeah, we we had 250 applicants, and we had to narrow it down to 100 120 or 130. Wow. Yeah. All right. Well. Well, this sounds like a, a Pretty uh, solid lineup again here for 2018 Canoe Copia. And so, uh, Darren, what's your, you know, you familiar with the Gunflint Trail or Grand Marais? What you, you know about this area over here? Yeah, um, so I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of North House Folk School. I've been going there since the 90s and, and just love it. And, you know, Greg and his team are a great asset to, to Grand Marais. Mm-hmm. I really like how it feels there. Um, when I go to the Boundary Waters, I'm always going up to Gunflint. And, uh, you know, not to talk too much bad about anything, but, you know, when I go to Grand Marais, I feel like I'm in a city that's in the middle of a revival. You know, you guys are just turning to the future. You know, what's what's great is, you know, you got a co-op and you got, you know, really cool people and you got North Houses, that energy. And people just seem to be embracing the the tourism. So, I'm I'm a I'm a big I mean if I if I had to live in a place outside of Madison it would be Bayfield or Grand Marais those are the two contenders. All right, well maybe someday, huh man, you'll you'll end up living Oh, yeah, one can only hope. Um <laughs> I just I like to grow tomatoes and it's really hard to grow tomatoes in Grand Marais. <laughs> I <laughs> I can you connect you with people and they'll they'll show you the way, man. I had a a steady yeah, lots crop. Of, yeah, lots of lots of hot houses and hoops and yeah. <laughs> you know all that stuff. Yeah, good. Uh, so uh, you go up the Gunflint then on on some of your trips. Any any routes uh, that stand out or that are some of your favorites up there? Entry points. Well, I mean, I, I, when I have people that are fairly new to paddling, we'll go on the Knife Lake chain just because you can do that loop, you know, down Knife Lake and up the South Arm through mm-hmm. you know Ogish and and all the little lakes and Alpine and, and Kingfisher and then coming out through Seagull. Mm-hmm. That's that's a nice beginner trip. I really like. Round Lake, Missing Link into Tuscarora, and then up through, you know, all those other lakes, Alton and, and Gillis and yeah. Bat and all those. Sure. Uh, you know, even we went we went last fall, and uh, you know, there was you know the fire came through that the southern part of there, mm-hmm. and and we didn't see anybody um, because everybody's like, oh, you know, why go there? The fire was there. Mm-hmm. It's actually really cool to see how things are coming back. Yeah. And um, it's it's a different kind of beauty. And then you know, I, I I could spend a month on Gillis. Yeah, it's just spectacular. Yeah, yeah, nice. Well, good. Well, uh, maybe after the Canoe Copia event in in March, you'll need a breather sometime around you know May or or June around the fishing opener. Uh, get get up the Gunflint Trail and do a trip in 2018. 
that's my hope. That's my hope. Uh, probably in the fall. That's I'm too busy. Spring and summer and running a running a canoe shop is very seasonal. So um, in September it starts to slow down a little. I can I can sneak away. Yeah. Nice. All right. Well, well, that sounds good, man. And we've been speaking with Darren Bush. He's the owner of Rutabaga Paddle Sports. He's also the event organizer for Canoe Copia. It's a huge outdoor paddle sport event in Madison, Wisconsin. This year it's uh, March 9th through the 11th, 2018. So, Darren, thanks uh, so much. Uh, all the best there at Canoe Copia, and, and maybe we'll see you up the Gunflint Trail sometime. Oh, you definitely will. It's just another thing to be excited about for the spring of 2018. Canoeing. Indeed. <laughs> well, that wraps us up for our first episode of the WTIP Boundary Waters podcast. Remember to subscribe to keep hearing the stories and send us an email with your story ideas to bwcapodcast at gmail.com. want to give a special thanks to Matthew Baxley here, co-host on the podcast. Matthew, thank you so much. My pleasure. And also want to give a special thanks to Gabby and Warner Worth, who we heard in the first part of the podcast. They visit from Germany, as well as Darren Bush, who's the founder of Canoe Copia. And a special thanks to Ian Tamblin for permission. He's done the theme song for the WTIP Boundary Waters podcast. The song's called Campfire Light. Thank you so much for listening to this WTIP Boundary Waters podcast. To the other side Out in the night the waves beat the shore You can hear them pounding, you can hear them roar Oh, me, rock me in my dreams You can roll